Welcome to the Draft Studs DFS podcast. I am your host, Lewis Glover, and it is my great pleasure to bring you the very first episode of 2021. We got off to a bang in 2020 with the, the launch of the Draft Studs website, the very first few episodes of the podcast. Unfortunately, due to all things COVID and all alike, we weren't able to get as many episodes as we would have liked out last year, but we are back now. And we're kicking things off with a bang for the very first episode. We have got the founder, the owner himself, Chris Eddy, and Draft Studs content contributor and all-round DFS legend, Brody. Welcome to the show, boys. Cheers, mate. Cheers for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. Now, we have just wrapped the first three weeks of the AFL season tomorrow uh, we head into week four, and it's uh, fair to say you boys have been running hot for the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah, especially Brody. Um, I've been off to a flyer, but <clears throat> nothing comparable uh, comparable to the big man. <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> off and running. Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Not just us, though. I think a few other boys from the uh, studs group that we've got on Discord there, they've been having a bit of success as well, so it's been good to see. That's that's yeah, that's absolutely. great to hear that you guys have, have been going well, and some of the members in the private Discord have also uh, been getting some good ROI as well. Now, if this is the first time you've heard of Draft Studs, heard the podcast, heard of the website, uh, it'd be remiss of me to not let you know, or let the boss man himself let you know a little bit about Draft Studs, what the website's about, and what sort of content, if you become a member, that you can look forward to uh, in 2021. Yeah, right. So basically, uh, we're just an educational daily fantasy sports platform. Um, we're not just tips, we're tools as well. Uh, and we teach people kind of the, <clears throat> the, the theoretical concepts required to win. Um, and yeah, we're lucky enough to have people like Jason, Jason Broadbridge here, the, the man who wins more than anyone and, and T-Better, uh, probably the best content man in the business, uh, writing us previews uh, each week and yeah, they kind of complement the tools pretty well, and yeah, we're, we're obviously not not huge at the minute in the infancy of, of the of the industry, but uh, yeah, we we plan to stay here for the long haul, specifically in AFL and maybe looking into NBA or something later. So yeah, we're just we're just the new guys on the block offering good daily fantasy advice. I hope. <laughs> awesome, and so, Brody, what is some of the content that you're bringing to to Drastids this year? Um, so a lot of the stuff I'll be doing uh, week to week is mostly just uh, the game plans, which will come out normally the night before every slate. Um, they'll be short and sharp, very concise, and they'll just be tips, um, players that are more likely to uh, win you GPPs with uh, you know guys with the big upside, uh, which guys you know you can sort of lock and load, and then guys that might have a bit of a flaw who more cash game suitable plays. So very specific analysis, um, but complemented very well with all the other stuff we have going on in the site. Excellent. Excellent. So I did mention that, uh, you know, you guys have been been off to a, a flyer for the first few weeks of the season. Uh, and I will, you know, I know you guys aren't going to do it, so I'll do it for you. But, the, but these boys have you know, profited over 80 grand between them in the first in the first three weeks so 
you know, they're putting their own advice into practice and it's it's come up trumps for them uh, for, for the first few weeks of the season. So let's talk about that. Uh, obviously, um, you know, going into round one, we really don't have all the information in any sport, right? You're waiting for, you have an idea of how things are going to go, but they don't necessarily always go the way you're going to think. What did you get right in week one based off your preseason sort of analysis and the information that you had available to you? What went wrong? And then how did you adjust and tailor that moving into weeks two and three, where you've obviously continued to have success? Uh, Chris, I'll kick it to you first, and then and Brody, you can follow up next. Yeah, yeah, right. Great question, mate. Um, yeah, an, an answer springs to mind. Uh, last year, most of the fixtures were up in, in Metricon, uh, where the ball's pretty greasy, uh, the humidity up there in the Gold Coast makes the sport almost a different sport, and that ball's a, a slippery bar of soap. Um, and the other thing was the minutes, the minutes change <clears throat> from 18 minutes. Was it 16 minutes or 18 minutes? Uh, 20 to 16, was, right? Yeah. yeah, 16 last year to 18, uh, to 20 this year. So I just basically had to divide all of my database by 0.8, um, just to get the, yeah, last year's scores, uh, I guess regulated. Um, but even then it's, it's, it's not really a great indication of, of how players are going to travel this year because Metricon and the Gabba, they're almost like a different sport up there. Uh, it's that humid. There's a lot of tackling going on. Um, and then, then when you're at the G or something and a dry day at the G is a lot more marking, less tackling. And I guess that that's the biggest adjustment I've found first up that the data of last year is, is probably not really reflective of, of what's going to go on this year. Yeah. I mean, I noticed the same things as you, mate, uh, especially with the new rule, rule change that they brought in the preseason with the uh, manning of the market. You know, yeah. all the hype in the preseason was that the game was moving up and down quicker. Um, you know, the uncontested halfback sort of guys would thrive and, you know, a few ruckmen maybe could potentially suffer as a consequence. And, you know, week one was all about, uh, you know, adjusting to, you know, how the game was being played, you know, this year. and does look fairly different i think for me especially it took a week or two to you know get used to what to expect but you know i think you had a pretty good week one though didn't you chris yeah yeah it went all right mate i think that was the just dividing the database by point eight. i think it was a bit quicker than everyone there maybe <laughs> yeah in, in, so in, in in all seriousness on that one chris do you think your um logic behind most of the games being played at metricon and the humidity and uh, as you said at the gabba as well do you think did you did you adjust for that for the first round of games and do you think people were too reliant on last year's numbers without taking into account those sort of conditions were you sort of ahead of the curve in that respect do you think yeah i'm not sure if i was ahead of the curve but it was definitely my logic going into the the season that i thought that people would be too reflective on on last year's figures um and yeah, like I kept saying, that the, the game at Metricon's a different sport to the game at DMCG, right? Um, it's just a midfield fest with a bunch of blokes like around the stoppage tackling, and now you bring in the rule change and the venue change and and everything, and you just know the guys on the outside who are marking it and kicking it more are going to be a bit more brought into the game than a dirty Metricon um, scrap, I guess, with with none, none of these rule changes. So. Yeah, I, I did think it was a big advantage 
um, especially like over people who don't even watch footy, <clears throat> right? Like we got a few uh, just US sports lovers who are playing AFL, DFS, and they don't really uh, know the nuances of the game, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, that's a very specific nuance. The humidity of Metricon yeah. versus the dryness of the MCG. You've got to it be is. a pretty diehard uh, footy fan to, to be able to be teasing that out in your projections. Yeah, it is. And the worst thing is it's actually a drastic change. Like I, I fully believe it's it changes the skew of the scoring. Um, I know there's been a few researchers that say that it doesn't it doesn't change the scoring much, but I think that's a, as a team on a whole, but it might really skew it towards midfielders when it is a bit humid so yeah <laughs> it's a nuance yeah. that, that Brody probably As, knows about I guess yeah yeah well I mean I've definitely noticed it as well mate and I think it took me a week or two to you know warm up to it but definitely in, in all the stuff I've been doing lately I've been you know favoring you know those guys who play on the outside when it's you know zipping up and down at Marvel or on the wide expanses of MCG Optus, you know, it's definitely, definitely a different looking game this year. And it's something that um, we've noticed pretty quickly. And I think we've probably benefited because of it. Yeah. Okay. So Chris, you were pretty on the ball in week one and, and Brody, it sounds like the last couple of weeks in two, rounds two and three, you've really started to come into your own and have some, some big wins. And then you talked about targeting some of the, the outside guys. Is there anything else from a more sort of game theory perspective that you've been implementing in the next in the last couple of weeks that you're you're able to share? Any any reflections that you've noticed? That one for Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think as always at the start of the year, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of. Oh, sorry. Were you, were you going to go there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Go sorry, on. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Um. Yeah. Sorry. So. The first thing uh, at the start of the year was um, the biases that people have. So, as always, there's a few overreactions early in preseason, um, or you know, especially after round one, where people you know get one week worth of data and then think that that's going to extrapolate over the entire season. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably the biggest advantage that we can have over other people is you know looking. At the results from week one and being like all right you know what do we think is going to be the new norm and what do we think is you know more of a one-week wonder and how how do we expect other people to react to that stuff and how can we profit from it yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's a great point yeah yeah just touching on from that it's almost like a what, what's a fundamental change in a guy's scoring against what's just an upswing like a jai caldwell changing teams in a role you know, that, that could be 100 average for the whole year. Um, so mine and Brody's job, I guess, is to say, what do the crowd think? Do they think that that is 100 per year average? And what do we think? And, yeah, how can we squeeze a profit out of that? Yeah, okay, excellent. So was there any players in, in weeks two or three where you thought the field went overweight in an overreaction from from rounds one and, and you, you, you faded or went a different direction? Yeah, well, personally, um, I've noticed a lot of the, uh, you know, big premium scoring players um, had poor week ones and people sort of expected it to become, you know, the new norm for the season, you know, blamed it on things such as the rule changes, so, you know, the different roles in the side, even though it was a very small um, data size. So I think 
first big win I had was on the um, Collingwood Carlton last single game slate last week. And I think Taylor Adams was coming off a poor score week one. And I think people were saying, you know, that he wouldn't be up to the new speed of the game. Contested ball winners were going to suffer and, you know, stuff like that. And not many people got on him, but I locked him into a whole bunch of my lineups and he busted out a big score, dominated the game. And, you know, I ended up finishing on top with him throughout most of my lineups. So that was, you know, one example of a few times that it's happened. Awesome. And as, as someone who's never won a GPP in any DFS sport, is that, you know, is that something that you really need to, to go right for you to take, to take it down, not just the top spot, but then to come in and have, you know, 10 of the top 20, 20 spots in a, in a GPP is to really have conviction on one guy, get him into 70, 80% of your lineups uh, and, and really distinguish yourself from the field. Is that something necessary to, to do? Uh, yeah, I think I think um, me and Brody kind of play the game a little bit differently. Like Brody's Brody is probably a more theoretically better player, um, but my kind of player pools are a bit tighter. So yeah, you're right. Like if 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 I if you ever do see me like stacking fifty of the top hundred or whatever, it's because I've just nailed my picks. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brody, but you, you'd almost see me doing that more often than Brody or a Jake or a um, Fate Bender. Oh, but Fate Bender's so good that he, he does it almost often anyway. But um, you've almost got like two thoughts of play, like stacking and correlation or just going pure pure value picks. And yeah, I think the yeah. value picks is almost like a less variance route. Um, and when you do pull them off, you look like a genius. You've got... Uh, 50 in the top, top 100 but I think the optimal actual like the, the the game theory is is to just try to optimize for a first place finish so yeah I think uh, a good example of that was when you you know locked in Stevenson into your lineups that day um, yep. I think we both knew that I think him and Zebel it was with were good picks you know we had them in all of our articles on draft studs telling the um, you know followers to get on board and I would have had Stevenson and maybe I'm not certain, but about 60 or 70% of my lineups and I had a pretty good day because of it. But I think you from memory had him in every one of your lineups or something like that. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Just, I, I said that like it was a late thing, but it was kind of calculated too. Like I would have had him in 90, just his risk profile, like his minimum was still returning value in my mind and his maximum was winning the slate. So yeah. 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 I think, and being able to flip between that is crucial, I think. Like uh, Brody, or uh, Brody's a, a bad example because he knows footy so well, but like a US guy coming in who just wants to use correlation, it's tough to know when to balance between stacking a person, uh, stacking a team, and, and when the individual value kind of exceeds the value of stacking, um, especially early days when you got all these mispricing. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't really. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it it, it absolutely yeah. makes sense. So, uh, cheers for that, boys, sharing that. So, we've looked backwards uh, weeks one, two, and three. I want to look forward a little bit now, uh, specifically to the game we're recording on Wednesday night here in Australia. On Friday, we've got Port against Richmond. So, let's look ahead to that game, guys. It's a single game slate. So maybe. Uh, Brody, I'll, I'll go over to you first. Is there 
what's standing out to you in that game? Any particular plays? Um, what do you, what do you look? I know you you're not going to be giving away everything, but some some little tidbits for the listeners. No, I, don't, I mean it's still early days. Um, we don't have the uh, teams out yet. Um, of course, they know they come out the day before the games, but um, you know my process involves always going through Tibet's Bible, for example, after the teams come out, and I, I let him analyze all that sort of stuff for me, and I'll go through and I'll make judgments based on that. But before that all comes out, I can you know, have a look at their past games. And like I said before, I can try and pick out players that I think that the field is going to overreact to or underreact to in terms of what they've done recently. And I think recency bias is one of the biggest, you know, biases at play when playing DFS. And, you know, it's always the, probably the first thing that I look for when uh, looking through the line of uh, players. Um, first one that comes to mind would probably be Dusty, for example. Um, had two ripping games, week one and two, um, looked in almost the best shape of his career, but had a quiet one last week, even though they were playing one of the hardest teams to score against in the league. So just straight off the bat, he'd probably be one of the guys I'd probably look to target this week purely because, you know, he had a bad, bad game last week and he probably burned a few people. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting you say that that's one of the most important things you look at because i couldn't agree more really um there, there's two stats that that show up on the draft stars lobby and that's average and form and form is the last three games average so uh people who don't take it that seriously they see that form stat and whatever the last three games average is if that's huge then that person's over selected uh pretty often um and yeah, last score is big as well. I couldn't agree more, Brody. So, <clears throat> especially like in a in a non Dustin Martin situation, like when it's someone whose role is a bit iffy, like yeah, you know, shy shy Bolton or something. Uh, and we yeah. knew he was playing midfield, and he's coming off a thirty. Uh, that's just a lock and load, you know. No, I couldn't agree more. The last score and the three three game average is huge. Yeah. I think um, early in the season as well, you've, you've normally got um, teams flooding some new players. Um, and that's certainly been the case around one and two, as it is every year. And normally kind of leads to more stars and scrubs sort of you know, lineup constructions. You always have some value available early in, in the year. And we just found out a bit earlier that Richmond would have two more debutants this week. So I think that would be probably the other big decision point leading into this game is how you expect those two debutants to play because they'll both be priced at the bare minimum. And we know that most players in the league, probably about 95% of them, are going to outscore their $5,000 price tag. So it's probably the other main um, factor to consider when going into a slate like this. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um do you think draft stars need to bring that max that that minimum salary up? Like, if it's a debutant, it might need to be seven k instead of five or something. Like, um, it, it's well, almost a loophole. Like, yeah, it, it is, and I think it's it's probably something that uh, benefits the pro players more. And I I think you know the last couple of weeks there's been tons of value around everywhere, and I think you've seen a lot of the pro players start the season pretty well um, in terms of results. So maybe, you know, might, it might be something that would negatively affect the casual player. You know, we, we see some 5K players, that, you know, who might be starting ruck or starting in the midfield and we just lock and load them in, you know, 100% of lineups, even though 
you know, the field generally at most only ever plays them at about 50 or 60%. Yeah, and sometimes even only 20 or something percent, like Dev Robertson the other day. Yeah. Far yeah. out. But, yeah. what what I'm taking over your job here, Lewis, but um, <laughs> what do you reckon about those two debutants, uh, Brody? Who are they? Um, I haven't heard much about them, mate, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I think from memory, Martin is a pressure forward. Um, again, it, it all depends on who goes in and comes out of the side as to the makeup of where you think the players will play. I think it's a, a pretty underrated part of each slate, um, which our man T better will cover. But I yes. think Martin will come into the side and play forward by that forward pressure role, which normally doesn't actually lead to great scoring. Um, but that Mansell bloke, I think, is a halfback flanker. And the way footy's been played at the moment means that it probably could lead to, you know, decent enough score at that price tag. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go when teams come out. Just my early thoughts. Ryan Mansell with a H in the in the Ryan. Is that him? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of him, but I think he was a pre-season um, supplemental pick for him, so a bit of a, a late bolter. Yeah, okay. I'll have to have a look, getting stuck in it tomorrow, I guess, but, yeah, definitely yeah. interesting. We'll have all that up on the uh, Studs website before before lock, I'm sure. Yeah, too so. better be on that, like white on rice, the big man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so speaking of, of the content that's going to be up, we've obviously got um, Thursday, single game slate, Friday, single game slate, and then Saturday, Sunday, two larger weekend slates. So, Chris, I'm going to kick it over to you. Can you just share with the listeners what's uh, coming down the pipeline in terms of content and also if people are interested in subscribing to the content, particularly maybe for this weekend, they just want to check out what's available on Draft Studs. Just talk a little bit more about some of the content and some of the tools that they're going to be able to sink their teeth into. Yeah, yeah, nice, Lewis. Um, uh, basically, we've kind of reverted from a bit of an all, like a, just a scattergun a, uh, approach, I guess, with our content to just a nicely compacted uh, package. Uh, so now we've just got, on Thursday and Friday, we've got Brody and Tibeta with the Bible and the game plan. And then on the Saturday and Sunday, uh, I take over with a cheat sheet, uh, which is with the multi-game slate. So it covers, yeah, two or three game slaters. And, and Brody still chimes in with, with his game plan. So if you're paying 30 bucks a week, 40 bucks, a, uh, sorry, 30 bucks a month, 40 bucks a month, um, you're getting access to like 30 games. <clears throat> so it's basically a dollar a game to get mine, Brody's and T-Better's thoughts. And uh, Brody will probably back me up here. T-Better's thoughts are better than mine and his. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we, yeah, we profit a bit more, but but his brain for football is something else. So it, it's it's clear value. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think if you're taking DFS seriously, you, you almost need it. Uh, but, but yeah, a, a tier above that is the stud package. Um, yeah, and then that's just got a lineup optimizer included in it uh, with my projections, which have been a little bit tough with the whole database stuff. But, yeah, that, that'll get you really uh, – if you want to take DFS seriously, that's probably more your option. But if you're just getting into it, probably the student package for, for 40 a month, is it, Rudy? <laughs> oh, I'm not is. sure, man. We'll have to double-check. <laughs> <laughs> is probably your best bet and 
Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe, and I shouldn't even say honestly because it's so obvious, but that, yeah, if, if you are taking DFS seriously, you, you, you need a sub. You really do. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you you know, subscribers also get access to the Discord as well where everyone's in, uh, talking, lineup construction, game theory, breaking news, all of that kind of stuff. Is the Discord available to all levels of membership? Yeah, the student and the stud. So if, if basically if you're if you if you've signed up to any of those, you get access. And Brody's been in there chiming in a lot. T better me. Um, it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's a good place to kind of watch the footy and just comment. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the hours leading up to the start of the slate as well. I think a few times there's been late changes and all the discussion happens immediately in there about how that impacts things and it's helped me out a few times for sure. Absolutely, yeah. That that kind of last minute late info is so crucial to winning slates at times. Mm-hmm. Being willing, yeah. being willing to pivot and adjust to late news and not being stuck in what you've already prepared for. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the NBA. You know how, like in the NBA grind, there's like a what's it called, Brody questionable or something. Yeah, like injury tags, questionable or probable, and why not? Yeah, yeah, or game time decision, and then there's like a thirty minute yep. scramble when when everyone gets told like they're playing or not. The same thing in footy. If there's a laid out, it, it can like mean like, say if LeBron was out, then AD is going to get forty percent usage. It, yeah, sometimes a laid out can really change things in AFL as well. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, the good news is if you are listening and you do want to get involved in either the student or the studs package. Uh, exclusive for the listeners of this podcast, you can get yourself 20% off any package that you want to sign up for. And you just need to enter the code STUDCAST, that's S-T-U-D-C-A-S-T, all one word, STUDCAST, to get yourself 20% off your subscription to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there, the best value DFS subscription going around in Australia right now. So make sure you head on over Dang. to draftstuds.com, subscribe, use the code STUDCAST to save yourself 20%. Get in the Discord, get the projections going, get your lineups out of the uh, of the of the genius and win yourself some dollars. Boys, uh, it was a quick one. It was a good one, but I want to thank you both for coming on. And I'm sure throughout the season, I'll have you both back on the podcast together separately. I'm going to have to wrangle big man T better on here as well. Maybe we can have a, a little, little party, get everyone involved, but but seriously, thank you for coming on and, and best of luck with, with round four and the rest of the season as well. Yeah. Awesome. Lewis. Cheers for having me, mate. Definitely. Get That's been good, man. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Lewis. No problem. Thank you guys. Thank you everyone for listening to the draft studs DFS podcast. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please go ahead, subscribe and give us a five-star rating that will help people find the podcast or, you know, you can subscribe in any podcast app where all good podcasts are found. Catch you later.